broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is C.W. Hall, your host here on the Midtown Business Radio show. Thanks for making us a part of your day today. We're beginning a series with the folks from Top Right Partners, located here at 950 East Paces Ferry, a lovely building not too far from Lenox Square Mall. And I uh, got to know Dave Sutton from Top Right Partners uh, a little over, I guess, a couple, couple years ago now through the show, learned a little bit about the way that they approach marketing that's different from what you might expect from a traditional marketing consultancy firm. And so we'll be sitting in a couple of times a month now with some of the principals from the firm and and helping them to talk a little bit about what they do for the the various businesses that they serve, as well as featuring some business leaders along with them as we sit in. And and uh, today, we've got one of the principals from the company, uh, Bill Fasick, joining us in the studio. Thanks for sitting in. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And then we're pleased to have with us in studio an EVP from Citizens Trust Bank, Eric Wilson, met him a few weeks ago and said, hey, we got to have you sit in in the studio and uh, learn a little bit about what you're doing. So thanks for making some time. Thanks for having me as well. And if folks didn't catch us the first time we were talking about TopRight, it's been a little while while. Bill, if you would, just introduce us a little bit to the company and, and what it's all about. Sure. Sure. So I, I have the privilege here of being the COO and the managing partner uh, in TopRight, which is a, a boutique consulting firm that's been around for about 10 years that Dave Sutton founded. All of us come out of a corporate background or consulting background, uh, hence the, your listeners can't see it, but you can see the gray hair. We've all got a few, <laughs> a few battle scars uh, along the way. And so we've learned at the executive level from really approaching and doing what we call and what we, we literally have defined as transformational marketing as a, as a company. Transformational marketing is different from what I think you would define as traditional marketing, which is more transactional. Transformational marketing is entirely about how you create a story for a customer that literally transforms how they experience you, your brand, your product, your services in a way that they don't just simply want to buy, but they want to engage. They want to have that become part of their life because it makes an impact. So it's very much an impact-driven approach. It's not about us. It's not even, frankly, from a client perspective, it's not even about the client per se. It's about the client's customers and the impact that they make. And we have an approach that we call the 3S model, which is story, strategy, and systems. And so Oftentimes, I'll sit down with a, a client initially, uh, even in a first meeting, and the first conversation they have is they want to tell me all the things that they do as a company, and we'll stop them and we'll say, we'll get to that. But more important than that right now, it's why you do what you do. Why you do what you do. What's that core purpose? And from that, from that story, why you do what you do is then what you do to deliver against it, how you operationalize that, bring that to life, and then the impact that you make on the customer, why it is that that customer would want to engage with you. We want to give that customer a reason to care, a reason to listen, a reason to engage, to buy, and to stay. And it has to be done in that order. And if it is done in that order, you've got not just a customer, but an advocate, somebody that wants your brand in their life. That's transformational marketing in a nutshell. That's what we do every day for all kinds of clients. (laughs) It sounds like if in talking to some of those business leaders that they're used to, just sitting down with a company that's a marketing company and say, this is what we do now, go put it out there. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we will often be in a conversation initially where 
a company will come to us and say, hey, we're doing X, Y, and Z in marketing. Can you do that more efficiently for us or make it more efficient or look at our systems or look at how we market and, and help us improve that? And of course, we say, sure, we'd love to. We can. However, unless you go back to the first principles of the story first, why you do what you do, what you do, how you do it, we could just make you more efficiently wrong. And so what we really focus on is, is taking this approach that says it, everything is about the story. Honestly, I'll even say to a CEO, there, there's two things that make or break you as a company. It's your story, and it's your customer's experience of that story. Mm. And everything else in the middle is the filler of how you get from one point to the other. And if you can do that, that's transformational marketing because it's transformed how your customer even thinks about you as a brand, a product, a service, an offering, an organization. I see. And now when it comes to the, the companies, and I know you do some work with municipalities and mm-hmm. do. Uh, states, counties, different municipalities and government agencies even, Talk about the the place that you sort of have your sweet spot in terms of the businesses you tend to serve. Is there a is there a, a space within which you typically operate? Yeah, I, I can tell you that our, our current client base ranges wildly from some emerging smaller companies, which we do some of, not not a huge amount, but some, mm. depending on on how they're structured. And, and and the exciting thing about smaller companies often is they do want to be transformational. And so that's a question of, can we strike the right partnership that we can help them with? And then we have some Fortune 50 clients that are among the biggest names out there, where what we will do for them is take on a particular project or a piece of what they're doing under the brand where they're trying to define a new type of offering or a new entry point into the market. And they need that 3S model. Why did they want to do this? What is it that they're actually doing to make an impact on how they achieve it? So it ranges dramatically. The average sweet spot, if you will, for us tends to be in that in that mid-tier company. I see. And that mid-tier company is is everything from, honestly, from you know 50 million to a couple of billion dollars, depending on how you structure it. Sure. And when I say sweet spot, it's not because that's all we do, but just because often those companies are faced with two things which are which are critically important. One is they're they're reaching a point of growth where they know that for them to accelerate further and use marketing more effectively, use transformational marketing, they have to do it differently. But they don't fully know what that really means or what that looks like. The other company, uh, the other approaches that they take often we find is they're actually doing pretty well but they know they could be doing something with a deeper connection to their customer base. And they want to grow faster. They want to grow deeper. They want to transform how that brand interacts with the customer. So they will talk to us about, can you help us reshape how we think about marketing so that, it, and to use the word again, it becomes transformational, not transactional. Mm-hmm. Transactional being traditional marketing, where if you turn up the volume loud enough and buy more media dollars, it's a law, you know, it's a law of large numbers, right? You'll get some kind of a response. You just won't necessarily engage deeply with the customer, but you make enough noise, you'll, you know, you'll make a, you make the needle move. That's transactional marketing where your customers, a means to an end is a number. Transformational is all about them and the impact you're making on their lives. I see. It, it was, that's part of what I've learned as I've been with you all here and getting to, to listen to you talk a little bit about not so much about how many eyeballs get to see this piece we're putting out or maybe listen to an ad if you're using that sort of medium. It's, it's really more about are you effectively interacting with that person? And so it may not necessarily be focusing on that. That's, loud, loud, loud. It's more effective, effective. It is. It's, it's, going, it's going very, very deep, very focused in a way that gives your customer, again, that reason to want to engage with you and make you part of his life. And then one of the things that's critical, regardless of your company's sizes, and you'll hear us say these words often, is you have to have 
in any marketing communication strategy, you have to have simplicity, clarity, and alignment in all that you do, in all that you say, in all that you uh, launch into the market. It has to be true for your story, for your strategy, and for your systems. And simplicity, clarity, and alignment is something you can't sort of have. You either have it or you don't have it. And so part of really engaging in the transformational marketing experience is applying that lens to look at all you're doing and saying, does it pass this test? And then you get to a point where you say, yes, I have that. We are, we are, we have simplicity in our story that connects. We have, we have clarity in the strategy to deliver that into the market. We have alignment with all the systems needed to do it. The, the, the remaining part is you have to apply that with, and we use these words very deliberately, ruthless consistency. And ruthless consistency means you have to agree on what that story and that strategy and that, and those systems are. And then you, everybody top down says, this is what we do. This is what we're going to adhere to because only in doing that and applying that ruthless consistency in the market, will you get the traction that really allows you to engage with the customer as opposed to, we're just going to try a lot of messages, you know, the spray and pray approach, right? Yeah. Try a lot of messages and see what works. And I guess the way, I mean, I would assume then that what we're looking at, if I'm a a business leader and I'm looking to engage uh, consultants such as yourself, the thing I'm going to be following is just, am I growing? Does my pace of growth change? Can you talk about some of the, the pain points, for example, that you typically run into as a, as a typical constellation of, uh, if you're talking to a business leader and they say X or Y, you think, geez, they're, you, we need to talk. Sure. So, so one of the things that we will do, and when we use that, we, we use that phrase and that lens of simplicity, clarity, and alignment, we're sitting down with a, the, the, a C-level exec or, or a board. And we're going to say, listen, when we talk to all of your execs and, or, and your board members, and we ask them about your, your story, we ask them to define that purpose and then that impact you make on the customers. What are we going to hear? Is it going to, is it going to pass that test? Do you think? And some of them say, well, you know, I think I'd do a pretty good job, maybe, right? So then we, we come back after having done that, and we say, listen, we just talked to 10, 12-year execs, and if I drew this on the whiteboard, you'd have like 19 answers. Yeah. So how's that alignment thing working out, right? So it, 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 really, it really becomes critical to engage. And then often what happens is, is, is through this process, and in fact, I, I, I virtually 100% of the time, through this process, the, the board and the exec staff realize that they may, have, they may be doing well, they may have a great story, it's just not being effectively communicated in a way that truly engages. And so what we will do is help them focus that and, and, and harness the power of applying this in a new way into the market. To, so you think about it very simply, it's helping a client refine, sometimes define, but often just refine their story in a way that engages with the customer in a different, unique, impactful model that they didn't previously know is available to them. And I know that within enterprises that are in the that stratosphere that you're talking about, those mid-cap companies, $50 million yeah. and up, if you're a startup, it's, it's fairly easy to have everybody, the four or five, maybe two or three sometimes, handful of people uh, all, all be able to basically say the same thing. This is why we're doing this. It's really cool. But when you start talking about larger enterprises, you have internal customers too, as you you're do. talking about, and, and you, you, you have identified the fact that very often, even though they may have high-level talent, they don't all necessarily perceive the company internally through the same lens. So it sounds like part of what you're doing is not only helping them tell the story that as it truly is for the company to the outside, but also help that business serve those internal clients and, and help them all understand they're going the same direction. Yeah, too. I mean, the internal piece is, is critical. In fact, any successful 
strategy or campaigns to launch effective marketing through the transformational marketing lens has to first happen internally. Unless you can do it internally first, you, you really have no chance of success because what will happen if you don't is you'll get a story that's great and, and the marketing group will say, um, it's perfect, we're going to launch this into the marketplace. But then in fact, unless you run that internal launch, that internal transformation where everybody gets aligned, you'll just have people go out and say the same things they've been saying and marketing saying their thing and sales saying their thing and the tech guys are saying theirs. And and so that internal piece becomes critical. We will tell clients every single time, the very first thing you do when you implement our playbook, which is the 3S playbook, very first thing you do when that playbook is, is created and ready to launch is you go through an internal launch process. And I, I learned this, I, came, I spent many years at Apple, which is a pretty good place to learn about the story and the, and the, and the brand. You can have that imprinted on the inside of your head. <laughs> very first thing they would do in launching any major campaign is do an internal launch worldwide so that everybody understood it. And there was no variation. That is a company that has practiced ruthless consistency by and large through its history and done it very well from a story perspective because when you think about, you know, all their cool products, right? It's the story that brings you in. It's the transformative impact it has on you when you engage with them. It's not just that they make a watch or a phone or a, right. or a computer. Right. I, I can only imagine how that would be because I mean, they, they're a great example of when you see that brand, I mean, it really is, as you say, it, ruthlessly consistent. It, it's the same. It doesn't matter what you're looking at. And it draws you in. And I think the reason that they have, in, in, in my view, and I think shared by many, the reason they've been so wildly successful, apart from the fact that they, yes, they do have, you have to have the products to back that up, right? But they, which they do. But, but the reason that I would argue they've been so wildly successful is because they tell the story, they communicate a story that you as a customer want to be part of. You want to be part of the impact that they are making on you, on your ability to work, to play, to consume content. You want to engage with them. That is transformational marketing. When it comes to getting engaged with top right partners as our, our mar marketing you know, specialists that are helping us tell that story and, and refine it to, to be the most accurate and compelling it can be. What's that engagement like? Is it a, is it kind of project-based, if you will, where we get together and we're, we're going to be going through some of this discovery that you describe and, and you do your work and come back with what you find and then your suggestions for perhaps channels and, and how to tell their message outside. But, uh, what's the, what's that engagement like? Am I, am I going to be kind of partnering with you where we're interacting with you pretty much on a regular basis yeah. over time or what's yeah. that like? It, it, yeah, it's, it's a great question. So, so yes, we, it's, it's a full partnership and the engagement starts 99% of the time with the, the first S of the three S's looking at that story and what it is and what it isn't. Is it, and again, is it, is it, does it pass you know, our, our SCA test of simplicity, clarity, alignment? What does that look like internally? How do we create and validate what it should be or needs to be. And when we do that, we don't just sit in a room, it's a bunch of smart marketers and, and, and with our client, come up with something that sounds good. We, we test it. We validate it with customers, with stakeholders, with investors, with employees. So we come out of that with a refined and, and honestly tested story that we can then launch. And then from there, we go to the other two of the S's, which is strategy, how you deliver that and in what context. The systems are the people, processes, and, and platforms needed to make that happen. And that comes in the form of a playbook, which is the implementation phase. So typically it goes through a, a, a two, sometimes three phases, depending on how we break that up. But, you know, our average engagement is, you know, I mean, if you're just doing a story engagement, that's three to four months to go through that process. Almost in all cases, there's the ongoing playbook implementation, which is usually another, you know, we'll partner with our client for a, a calendar year or longer. We've, we've got clients that, 
when I've been here almost four years, we've got clients that have been here before I got here and are still here, right? So we have long-term engagements. And then we have the, sh the, the shorter term help us get clarity around what we're doing. And then we will partner together and create a plan to deliver that into the market. Where would folks go if they want to try and learn a little bit more about Top Right Partners and the various things that you're doing? Is, and uh, maybe I know that, uh, for example, you all produce a, a, a nice blog where you're putting out mm -hmm. some great articles as well. We do. All of that is available on toprightpartners.com. And those, as you'll see, you see a lot of content there. You'll see how to engage with us. You'll see, we, you know, as you, as you pointed out early on, we have a series of, of transformational marketing interviews that we do, including, including this series we're launching with, with, with you, with Business Radio X. And, and those are speaking to business leaders around the impact that transformational marketing has made on their business and on their customers. All of that is available through uh, through toprightpartners.com. Awesome. And you know, talking about having an impact on their clients, we've got Eric with us here from uh, Citizens Trust Bank. And, and Eric, let's get a little bit of information about you and talk about how did you get into commercial banking? What, what led you down this path? I'm sure you get to meet some really cool business people that are trying to do a variety of things, whether it's get started or maybe they need to, they're in growth mode now. They've been around and they need to get into a bigger space or get some new equipment, whatever the case may be. What brought you down this road? Well, actually, I started uh, in banking on the, uh, on the retail side, handling a lot of uh, consumer clients. And what I ended up seeing is that the more profitable relationship for the bank was actually a small business customer. It was a small business customer because you could sell them on both business products, as well as products for the owners and their employees and things like that. I saw that as an opportunity that if I were able to uh, find a niche there, that it's a profitable segment and that I would make myself more valuable to my employer by being an expert in that area. So I decided to partner with some folks within the organization, maneuver my way into that line of business. And, uh, and that's how I got over there originally. Well, when it comes to commercial banking and, and sources of funding. I mean, there's, there's a host of things out there. Now there are even online, you know, sources out there that are trying to get into my mind and make me think this is the best way to go. Introduce us to Citizens Trust Bank and, and, and let us know in your mind, what, what do you think about how it separates itself from all those other things out there that's cluttering up our, our, our mind with, Absolutely. Hey, check us out. Well, Citizens Trust Bank has been uh, around since 1921. So in terms of strength and stability in an era where you had a lot of bank failures, things like that, we have survived the Great Depression. We have survived the Great Recession. Uh, so that should tell you right there as a community bank of a little over 400 million in assets, um, you know, we've weathered the storm uh, and we've done so by being fiscally sound, conservative, things like that. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, what we sell, quite frankly, is a commodity. Um, there are a lot of options out there for you, whether it be at the larger banks or, or even online services. I think we fall absolutely in the middle. So for those that aren't so comfortable with, you know, reaching out online and, and, and borrowing from someone that they don't ever see, then that, that we're a good place for that. And the other end of the spectrum is if you're at a bigger loc a bigger bank where they may not know your name and really don't value your uh, relationship, 
this is a good space for us. One of the things that Bill talked about was transformational versus transactional. And we look at it the same way. Um, We are a relationship-based institution versus a transactional institution. So, you know, it's okay if you come in the door looking for a checking account, uh, but we want to sit down with you and talk to you about not just what you asked for, but your entire financial portfolio or needs and even help you plan for the future. So that could cross into you know, home ownership. It could cross into uh, the business side of things in terms of the different, the many different opportunities um, that we have to help on the commercial side, whether it be a startup and we partner with the SBA to uh, Small Business Association to help sometimes with startups. We also work with uh, the Georgia uh, Small Business uh, Initiative that also helps with funding with startups all the way through construction of hotels, different levels of financing for for working capital. So we we hit the spectrum, quite frankly. But uh, and the thing about us, again, talking about the differences is that uh, we actually listen. And because we're small, we don't have a lot of red tape. We have local decision making. Uh, So at my office in downtown Atlanta is where we actually take the client's uh, loan package. We sit around the table and uh, we make the decision right there. So Mm -hmm. there is no sending it off to a centralized (laughs) underwriting group in another state. We know our markets that we serve and uh, and we actually take the deposits that we get from the clients in those markets and put it back in those markets to work uh, for that community. I think I think that's great. And when it comes to your typical customer picture, can you talk a little bit about that? I know we talked about the fact that you, and you've mentioned it here that you do work with startups on some level. Uh, and you work through uh, SBA to provide some funding through their channels as well. Talk about the, the the typical customers that you all are looking to engage with. That represents uh, the SBA, the startup. Quite frankly, it represents really a small part of our portfolio. Um, we do do that. We have helped clients grow. Uh, a lot of our portfolio is real estate based. So we we do a lot in that space where, you know, you have a client who has been renting in the same space for a while. They decide that, hey, maybe it's a time for me to go and uh, and buy something instead of paying rent. So we would help them look at opportunities. We leverage the SBA that way as well through a 504 program that they have that allows a client to not put down as much money as they would if they were going to do traditional financing. You can put down 10 percent through the 504 program versus uh, our typical traditional financing program will require 25% equity injection. Um, So, and in addition to that, there may be individuals who, uh, for one reason or another, want to move around uh, some of their assets from maybe uh, the stock or the equity market and into investment real estate. Uh, We we partner with a lot of um, folks that want to move, shift their assets. So, Uh, If you want to go buy an apartment building, a medical office building or something like that and let your money work for you through real estate, through cash flow on a monthly basis, as well as appreciation through real estate, we offer um, financing in that area as well. So now can you provide some measure of guidance for me? Like you talked about an example where my business has been leasing the same space for a period of time and I either want to buy it now or I want to buy my own uh, space that we're going to move into. Are you able to sit down with me and take a look at my picture and say, 
actually leasing is probably a better option for you or or no in fact purchasing is a is a great decision are you able to kind of give me some input on that or or is that homework i need to do before i come and try to get the funding for it no we actually absolutely partner with people we want to be a trusted financial advisor for you we again not looking for the sale today, but we're looking to establish long-term relationships that continue to provide residual value, uh, not only for us, but for the customer to the point that they'll be ready to talk to their friends and their family and other business people in the community to say, hey, uh, and we have examples of businesses that may have started small and we help them through our financing vehicles grow their businesses to the point that, hey, now it's time to go and buy a building, things like that. So certainly we would sit down with you, with your financials uh, and and determine uh, how close are you if you're not, you know. The one thing about us that I can say uh, in comparison to some of the other, because I've worked at, uh, you know, some of the larger institutions in my in my past. And the one thing is that we don't necessarily really ever say no. Right. Some of the other places you go in, if you don't fit that profile, if you don't fit into that box, it's no. We take a different approach. When you come in, we look at it. If it's not something we can do today, we absolutely provide you with some steps, some guidance as to where and what you need to do in order to achieve what you're trying to achieve. We feel like if we invest our time in you and give you the the actual recipe for success that will you know create some some sort of loyalty to us so once you get there then you come back to us and we'll be the ones that that'll have the opportunity to uh to offer that service to you so eric in that in that model which you just described as accurately as in trying to engage in transformation versus <clears throat> transaction what's the experience like for your customer because that's as we go back to something that we talked a little bit about earlier you know, you've got the story, which you're articulating here, and then there's the customer's experience of that story. And I think it's fair to say that certainly for the major, massive banks, a lot of people don't love their relationship with those banks. <laughs> yes. So you are trying to reach them on a, on a truly a personal level where it's about making an impact and a difference in their life. How do you do that? How do you communicate with them? And what's that experience look like for a customer? Well, we, we do that primarily through... Um, testimonials, meaning we are really big on asking our clients for referrals. Uh, we, we ask the clients to, uh, to share the, the, the message with them. I mean, so we sometimes utilize um, influencers in the community to talk about their experiences with the bank. And, uh, you know, with social media and other platforms now, uh, you know, you, you have organizations that are paying people to get their brand out or to as key influences, hey, I might have X amount of followers, so let me partner with them instead of going to 50,000 people individually. I can, you know, do business with one person that I know has 50,000 followers and then they, that type of thing. So we strategically try to, you know, look at ways where we can get the most, the biggest bang for our buck from a, from a marketing perspective. But the, the actual experience itself is 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 something that is um, is shared from from customer to customer through testimonials. Quite frankly, so when your customer walks into your offices, 
it's not you don't feel like you're walking into another strip mall branch and it's somewhere and and you know you you either meet the criteria or you don't and if you don't it's like sorry the algorithm has said no and the end of the story right you you really do try to forge that ongoing deeper relationship and i think something you said is very important which is if you can't do what they're asking for today you give them a path to get there absolutely which really means that you're trying to engage and if you go back to that sequence that i that i mentioned a little bit ago before you get somebody to listen to you you have to give them the reason to care if you give them the reason to care and they're going to they're going to listen at that point figure out a way to engage or you're going to help them engage they buy but then more importantly they stay if they go through that sequence which sounds like what you're trying to create absolutely you know what usually happens is that they've been injured by another bank yep. um a bigger bank they've had a bad experience and somebody says, hey, you should try these folks out, right? Once they come in, they don't leave. We get them. They, they, we, we, you know, we provide all of the uh, resources. They realize that, you know, what, what used to be an obstacle for, for, for community banks in the past was um, locations, right? Physical brick and mortar branches, mm -hmm. all that type of thing. So you really couldn't compete with the, Bank of America's and that type thing, because you didn't have the branch network. Well, now with technology, I mean, I don't go in the bank. I just don't. I try to avoid it. Exactly. And so does everybody else, right? So if you actually come into one of our locations, typically, and I would guess most now, they're not the long lines that they used to be. So you actually have time to actually learn about the customer. What is your, what are you requesting? Is that really what you need? You, sometimes you think you need something and it actually is something else, but the only way that you uncover that is through a meaningful conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you're not, you're not trying to be a, uh, a, a, a order taker, right? We're not, we're not just taking your order and delivering what you asked for. We're actually listening to what you have to say and then thinking about our solutions and how our solutions can help satisfy whatever your true need is. I'm hearing some measure of theme here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And how in a, in, a, in a financial services world, banking specifically, it's, 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 I think, generally not known to be the most innovative environment, right? It's just kind of been operating, and it's regulated, right? So there's yes. limits to what you can do. Absolutely. How do you try to bring that constant source of learning, of innovation, of growth that allows you to do things differently than you know, the biggest brands that, that frankly all look and feel kind of similar? Well, I, I would say that's probably a, a challenge for us to make sure that we try to stay up on the cutting edge things in the marketplace. And so what we do and what we have done is is bring in professionals, uh, you know, that they can help us see and understand what may be going on in the market um, that we don't that we don't know. I'll tell you, one of the things that that we identified ourselves as, as from a demographic perspective, an age demographic, that a lot of our customers were um, maybe 50 plus. We looked at that as an opportunity for us to bridge a gap with the millennials mm -hmm. that, and the X generation. And so things that we've done is uh, we've set up a, a next generation board where um, it's you know, not it's like a junior board for us, but it's of that age group that can help us understand and define what actually is going on in the market. How do you see banking? Because I see it, my parents are banking in a totally different way, right? I mean, the millennial generation, you know, they do everything on their, on their, on their phone, right? So how do we make sure that we give them that same uh, and get and even be able to uh, create some loyalty 
when everything's at the touch of a button, how do you do that? And the part part of the way that you do that is the way that we're talking about is whenever there's an interaction, we try to take our time. Whenever there's an interaction, show that we are we we care about them as a as a business owner or as an individual rather than just a quick sale. We don't we don't have the we won't ever have the issues that Wells had with folks <laughs> in an incentive plan and all that type of thing, because that's not the way we do things. But we also try to make an impact on people to let them know that when you come and you come to Citizens Trust Bank, that uh, that we're in it from a long-term perspective instead of just a transaction. Yeah, I think that's an important point. I, I have my own personal uh, focus group of millennials and my three children who are millennials. <laughs> and and they they want a, an engagement, a relationship with the bank. They're, they really do. They do they're going to do it over a mobile device, typically. The idea that they would have to go into a, a physical facility, stand in line, be sold to. They just look at like, so I'll go into a bank sometimes because for variety of reasons I have to. And they look at me like, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing that? They they just want to have a an ease of use, trusted relationship on terms that are, as you point out, very different based on that demographic. Yes. And I think what they're, what, I mean, I don't want to generalize for, for a group, but I think not just them, but everybody now wants that high touch personal relationship defined on their terms. In other words, the brand is not, whoever it is, the brand is not about you. It is about them. And it's about how you engage with them and how you bring them into the impact that you can make. And that's, and that's very much thematically, I think, I think it'll be, that's what we're talking about here, where you, your approach is, is, is the difference between uh, a more general mass market approach and an approach that really does try to forge that relationship. Absolutely. I would say that from my experience, the financial conversation in and of itself for the average person is intimidating. That's why some of the online financial companies are so successful because you can, you don't have to look at me in the face, right? You can do everything behind a cloak, so to speak. Um, but at some point you start to, you know, you want to have that physical uh, interaction on you, especially if there's a follow-up or, you know, you know, building that relationship type thing. I want to, I want to go talk to Eric. I know he gets the job done. He gets my deals done for me. That type of thing, those type of relationships are hard to forge specifically and solely online, uh, especially when it comes to repetitive business. And then when you're talking about doing things across lines of business online, typically you may have somebody that does this as far as a commercial loan, but you can also talk to that person about a home loan. You can also talk to that person about investments. You cannot, you have to go to a different portal typically. Um, so for us to be able to get you in and under the same roof, be able to guide you in different facets. And, and we, we make that conversation that's typically, uh, like I said, intimidating, very, very comfortable for you uh, and easy of use. Because at the end of the day, we all have been there before. We all have been consumers. We all have uh, had issues or questions or things that we wanted to get taken care of. And so we just think like that when someone sits across from us. Uh, yeah, I think that's important. And I think particularly if you're bringing customers in, by definition, you have new customers and you have customers you're bringing in from other banks. Switching banks is, is painful. I mean, they're, they're, you know, those switching costs, are, it's not simple. People in general don't want to do it unless they have a compelling reason exactly. along the lines you're describing. Exactly. And so what, again, what typically happens um, when people do switch is that 
they kind of dip their toe in the water, yeah. right? They don't just up and unearth the entire relationship. Right. Quite frankly, that's what banks intention is, is to get you with all your bills coming out of one account and your direct deposit going in so that you can't necessarily leave yeah. easily, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. So you do that on purpose. But at the same time, like you said, that pain happens the other way when you're, you're injured for some reason, right? You don't get the service level. You don't get, uh, no one consulted you. No one told you how to get to your goal. They just told you no. When that opportunity happens, um, that door gets cracked. And when that door cr gets cracked, it gives us sometimes opportunities where we may have not had that opportunity before. And we try to take advantage of it. Give us an opportunity to earn your business, even if it's just the checking account or the loan initially. And we usually are able to uh, gain your trust and expand that relationship as time goes on. Yeah, and I think that that word trust is so critical, right? I mean, that's that's the that's the halo that you want to have. But you can't just go out and say trust me because anyone that says that you tend to run in the other direction. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yet, when you look at the banking industry today, I would I mean, it's the, the stats show this. But the, the trust is not a word often right. described, and obviously, the Wells issue recently didn't oh, yeah. didn't help. But I think you have an opportunity as that high touch personal bank to get not that you will say trust us, but get people to say, it's an, it's a bank, it's an organization that I can trust. Right. And that is an extraordinarily powerful place to tell a story from. Absolutely. And certainly actions speak louder than words. And so we try to, uh, you know, get, gain that trust, acquire that trust through our actions and again, over time. And so it's been, it's been a really good uh, opportunity for us to expand and, and grow and, uh, and we're taking advantage of it. Absolutely. We've been talking with Executive Vice President of Citizens Trust Bank, Eric Wilson, with us in the studio, sitting in also with Bill Fasick of Top Right Partners, learning about how Citizens Trust Bank positioned itself as a community bank, a bank that they want to get to know the customers that they're dealing with and be able to say, we think this might be a great solution for you, even though you may be wanting, you think you want this, but this is another thing you might take a look at. Uh, it sounds like you you don't just give me what I'm asking for. You try to figure out, well, what are you trying to do so that in case we have a better solution that would serve you and your needs that much better, we can point you in that direction. And that gets towards what you were talking about, transformational versus transactional. I can go online and apply for a loan, but if the person that I'm talking to knows why I'm trying to do it, they might be able to recommend a, a, an approach to doing what I'm doing that would help me out both from ease of use, as we talked about, as well as just the impact on me financially. Absolutely. And our solutions, for the most part, especially on the loan side, are customizable, which is unheard of at the bigger banks. It just it's it's this structure with this rate at this time, you know, over this period of amortization period. That's it. With us is OK, you need to do this. You want to do this. All right. Let's figure out if there's a way that we can do it that makes us fiscally responsible, you know, and we're, you know, making sure we're keeping our shareholders happy, but also a situation that works for the client. Uh, and so it's kind of a win-win situation is, is the way that we try to approach it. When it comes to a, a, a local, you know, community bank versus some of these big brands that we've talked about through our conversation, do you have the the same sort of technologies in terms of if I'm a millennial or or me, I use my mobile device actually nowadays for a lot of my banking. 
can I do that with Citizens Trust? Can I put in checks on Absolutely. devices uh, we, and different we, things? We, again, because we've always worked from behind as it related to brick and mortar, we've tried to overcome that with um, technology. So certainly on uh, the personal side, you have mobile banking. And that way you can, like you said, take pictures of the checks and get them deposited. Um, we do have online banking, so you can view your stuff as well. And on the commercial side, we have um, we have our remote deposit capture product, which allows you to really never go into the bank. You can just put your check in a scanner and uh, it'll be deposited automatically that way. And then we have all the requisite cash management products for more sophisticated operational businesses that need to move money wires, ACHs, those type things. So certainly we have the um, the technological platform to uh, really, it's really not, you won't be sacrificing what you think you would, right? In your mind, you're like, oh, it's a small bank. They're not going to be able to. Actually, from a technology perspective, we can compete and you don't have to compete with all the 20 people in line over there. You can walk right in here, be serviced, and we care. <laughs> and we're trying, intentionally trying to build a long-term relationship and, again, not just give you what you come in for. Sometimes people have gone into the doctor because they were coughing and they thought that it might just need some cough medicine and what they realized, it was something a little more serious. But you don't know that until you go to a professional. That's the same approach that we try to take. You come in, but you're maybe probably a novice in the financial service because you do what you do. You're the marketing guy. That's what you're the expert at. So when you come in, you say, hey, this is what I think I need or this is what I need. And we say, OK, let's back up. Let's talk about your goals, where you're going and figure out, okay, if you do this today, does this help you get to where you want to be tomorrow? That type of thing. Where would you send somebody who's listening to us today to go check out more information, learn about how you might be able to serve either their personal banking needs or or whether they're a business that might need access to capital and a, and a good business professional to interact with? Absolutely. You'd uh, start by visiting our website, which is CTB, it's like Citizens Trust Bank, Connect dot com ctbconnect.com in talking to you i get the sense that it's not just this human that's sitting in my studio that takes this approach with folks who interact with citizens trust bank it sounds like it's a bit of a culture that you all have built there with regard to how you both view the the customers that you serve as 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 well as how you're going to interact with them once you do uh, meet them so it's a pleasure to have you sit in with us and and talk about what you're doing and and share that there are some really good ch choices for you to serve your your banking needs that don't have to be some of those companies that we know sometimes get off the path with with how they should do things so it's it's nice to have you here absolutely thank you for having me and Bill we're gonna try to do it with ruthless consistency is what I learned today. <laughs> Sounds like it. That's key. That's key. And if you have not done so already, in the upper left-hand corner of the show page, you'll see the Apple logo there. That'll take you over to the iTunes store where the Midtown Business Radio Show podcast lives. Subscribe to us, and that way each week when the new episode comes out, it's downloaded straight to your device for you to check out when it's convenient for you. And we hope you turn around and click share on the link after you check us out because you might just be putting some information in the hands of somebody that means something to you that ends up making a big difference for their personal or their business life. So uh, we'll say thanks in advance to all the folks 
that turn around and share this information with us uh, across all those social media platforms. So we hope you do that. And guys, I really appreciate having you make some time to join us in the studio and everybody out there that uh, made time to check us out today. We want to say thanks so much. We appreciate you. We'll catch up with you next time. See you then. 